How's the audio? The audio is good. I feel is like I sound quieter than you guys. <clears throat> but <laughs> <laughs> great, thanks. Good I'm vision, trying to man. laugh this way. I can get yeah. kind of loud when I laugh. So yeah, anytime oh, yeah. if you need to make a face noise. I, I have a, I have a, a hearty <laughs> guffaw as well. Yeah. So unavoidable. Yeah. I have like a laugh-like noise that I make. It's awful. Um, yeah, our our friend Jorge. So I produce um, their show, Craving the D. It's all about Disney Channel original movies. Oh my god! And so he was having. I think when they recorded their first episode, um, it was about stuck in the suburbs, and he just had some really bad sinus thing going on. Mm. So I just like was like, just turn your face away from the mic anytime you need to drip. Just oh oh <laughs> oh god! I, I I mean, are we talking like? Yeah. You guys ever read? Uh, um, speaking of liquids and men, you guys <laughs> no. ever read uh, Frank Sinatra has a cold? No. Oh, okay. you've told me about it. Yeah, many times. It's it's like this. It's sort of like the holy grail of like Gonzo journalism. Basically, it's about this guy, uh, Gay Talese, was writing for Esquire, and he was sent to L.A. I think to follow Frank Sinatra around and get an interview with him and do a feature on Frank Sinatra. And he did this whole uh, story, this like really long story without ever having interviewed him because he could not get Frank Sinatra to sit down with him. So he basically structured the entire piece around the people in Frank Sinatra's circle that he talked to. Um, mm. And the, the title, Frank Sinatra Has a Cold, comes from the fact that like when Frank Sinatra has a cold, his singing is affected and it's like the entire world around Frank Sinatra is like, you know, on the precipice of, of, of collapsing because his voice is his, you know, just, just the, the amount of uh, how for everyone else, like having a cold, is just like an annoyance that you deal with. But for mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, the world of Frank Sinatra, it's like, you know. It's a big enough deal that you make it the title of your book. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And uh, this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it, I feel it. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? Yeah, and we've got a guest today. Yes, we do have a guest today. Hi. Uh, this is uh, Chris Svela. 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 Yeah. All right. So Chris Svela uh, is a, um, what were all the things I was going to introduce you as? I completely <laughs> forgot. From Illinois. Yeah, I'm from <laughs> Illinois. So I'm the director of TV research at Variety Business Intelligence. I also run an Instagram account right. called Chris Board. Where I look bored in pictures with celebrities. It's and a super fun account. Oh, I thank you so it. much. I recommend it. For saying that. And I, uh, I'm i also in comedy remission. I used to do comedy. I haven't done it in a little while, but uh, I am a person of that uh, 
community, at least, I guess you could say. Cool, cool, so, cool. Yeah. What is what is business? Uh, what is what would you say? Business intelligence. Business intelligence. So we're a division of Variety, and we um, have a research database where we track uh, TV and film credits. Oh, okay. And so I focus on television there, and I track development. I um, update a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I thought it. I thought it might have meant that you were in corporate espionage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have the intelligence on all the businesses. Well, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us about your relationship with Ethan Hawke? Uh, you know, how, oh God, <laughs> what movies have you seen? How do you feel about him, just in general? Uh, I love Ethan Hawke. I have a different uh, relationship with. Um, it's it's interesting to watch a movie like Reality Bites because I know Ethan Hawke because of movies like Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh, okay. And the Before Sunrise mm-hmm. trilogy, or did it start with Before Sunset? Yeah, it was anyway, Sunrise, that, Sunset, Midnight. That trilogy of movies. Yeah, I always get confused. And my favorite joke is uh, the fourth one is going to be Before Afternoon Delight. <laughs> so... So anyway, yeah, I'm like more familiar with the more mature uh, Ethan Hawke actor. So it was mm-hmm. interesting to go and watch this movie and see him in like a, you know, I guess romantic lead sort of, or I don't know, you know, like he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. He's young. He's, he's young. Yeah, yeah. So it's had, weird. So you had not seen this movie before. Not seen this movie before. Yeah, so me neither. First time. Had you seen? Yeah, it? I hadn't seen it either. Wow. Yeah. I know. This is I like a like big one for Ethan Hawke. It yeah. is. Experts. Like every time I tell someone about our show, I'm like, oh yeah, so I do an Ethan Hawke podcast, and they're like, oh, have you? Don't you love Reality Bites? And I'm like, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so. How old are these people that you're talking to? Um, that's a great question. Age age range. Um, today I was talking to. Uh, <laughs> A four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. four-year-old. Who Have just... you seen the seminal film, Reality Bites? <laughs> That's a four-year-old song. I, I thought know. that was like a 50s like, comedian. Um, I talked to someone who's in her late 40s today and also someone who's in her mid-20s today, and they both responded, Reality Bites. Interesting. So. Wow. I want to know the journey that brought that mid, mid-20s person to Reality Bites. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think probably just an interest in that whole Gen X uh, film life, like, you know, Heathers yeah. and, um, you know, all those movies that came out between, like, 88 to 95, mm-hmm. I think, are really I mean, I do feel popular. like it is pretty resonant for, you know, millennials. Yeah. Because it's like... <laughs> Especially the opening. Yeah, because it's yeah. like the college graduation. Like, what are we going to do? And, like, it was so much easier for our parents yeah what are we we gonna do with the damage that we've inherited yeah and even like just her haircut that girl that (laughs) Mm -hmm. worked at the gap the haircut oh janine garofalo yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. it felt very uh a porter college circa whatever year we were at santa cruz and we were there for some years yeah i was thinking about like if you had to place all of the all of the main characters this can be absolutely meaningless to anyone who hasn't gone to ucsc yeah but i was thinking about it anyway if you were to place all the characters into uh, UCSC colleges. Mm-hmm. 
So or Hogwarts for, houses. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, uh, like probably you, Chris. Okay. Um, the UC Santa Cruz is divided into ten colleges, which is like where you live, and like you take a core class, and each college has a different theme. Okay. And so each one has a very distinct kind of like population. Yeah. So oh. it's kind of it's yeah. So like. Porter is like the really like hipster art one. Yeah. Kresge, which is where we came from, um, like is like the hippie, like no yeah. shoe school. Yeah. Wait, you guys are hippies? We're not. No. We no, just... I don't think we really uh, like Embodied committed yeah. to that lifestyle. Because I wore shoes. I did wear shoes every also. Day. Yeah. I don't think. I think maybe I like walked from my apartment to your apartment with no shoes like once. Mm, I yeah. think that's about as much as I can handle. I like that. I'm not a hippie. I wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, like, no, I feel like about half the people there didn't wear shoes. In I did college. work at a food co-op though. Yeah. He did work at a co-op. Okay. So, yeah. and we, yeah, I'm we gonna, had like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go. Um, <laughs> this is too much hippie for you. Too, too hippie-ish. No, yeah. I had, I, my core class was often held outside while we sat in a circle <laughs> on the grass. Um, anyway, so yeah, so would you place them all in Porter? Is that what you were no, saying? No, uh, well, I was thinking that she would, what was her name? What was the character's name? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Vicky? But, oh, Vicky, yeah. Yeah, Vicky yeah. is Porter mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I think also um, Winona Ryder is Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe... Ethan Hawke is Kresge. Sure, yeah. And Ben Stiller's got to be like Cal Stevenson or something. Sure, yeah, yeah, of course. Cal Stevenson is like where like no one worked out in Santa Cruz except for the people that went, lived in Cal Stevenson because the gym was over there. Yeah. Okay. So. Gotcha. We had totally an East gym, but, or totally West gym, but. kind of. Yeah, it was a group. different life over there. Yeah. Like you'd go over there and like people were like blonde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And like tan you, and right. they uh, had muscles. It was okay. the UCLA oh. if you see it. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the the first thing you mentioned was them being blonde. So I was like, are we going down like a Nazi route oh, here? Oh no, no, no. Or, no, okay. no. No, Stevenson is actually a historically Jewish college. Oh. At UC, UC Santa Cruz. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Stevenson. it's. Yeah, Adlai Stevenson was former its vice presidential candidate. So just to or, clarify, no one on this podcast is saying that Stevenson is full of Nazis. No, I really it's don't think that at all. That. Oh, what was that thing though where Cowell Stevenson had like that food night where it was like um like alien themed and they had Mexican food and it became a story on Fox News. Oh. It was just like the theme of this night was like out of this world. Like there was space and alien stuff and they just yeah. also happened to have Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, they this, did not think that one <laughs> this night. It was, yeah, it was a mess, but it was like Fox News that picked it up. Like, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, liberals are actually hypocrites or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we talk about the movie? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, like we mentioned, it opens on the big graduation where Winona Did Ryder... Did we even mention... Oh, this is Reality Bites. Reality <laughs> Bites. Doesn't it, though? Freaking bites. It sure does it sure bite. Does. Yeah. But you know, also, it comes in bites. Yeah. As we find out later, it comes in bites, like reality bites, because they're like short snippets oh, of bits every of life, that, yeah. like a little amas bouche of, of life, <laughs> yeah. of reality or whatever. It's one of those double entendres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the other thing? The it's not an amas bouche, but a two bite. Double bouche. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a word that you were saying that for like. It's not charcuterie. It's oh, like, no. I made up that word, though. That's not for two what, bites. What I word? said um, 
charcuterie. It's oh. when you oh no, sorry, charcuterie. It's when you have charcuterie and crudite. Oh, crudite. That's the the word that I didn't know. Yeah, crudite is just like cold vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The best. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact, because we're talking about the name of this movie. Um, it was going to be called, one title that they almost used was The Real World, but then MTV created the show The Real World, and they were oh. like, we can't do this. Wow. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. It was the, around the same time. In the movie, they, well, not to spoil it, mm-hmm. but I they kind of funny. turn it into almost a real world-ish type documentary series mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. yeah, but we'll get to that. We will. So we open on the big graduation. Winona Ryder is valedictorian. She's giving a speech. She's giving a speech, and she's like one of those really iconic, you know, uh, we've inherited all this horrible stuff in our world, and we have to do something about it. But like, what will we do? I don't know. And then yeah. everyone goes crazy. Well, I have a question about that moment. Yeah. So she is she pretending that she doesn't have a final note card with the answer on it or was that or is that planned i'm not sure time? i don't know i thought it i thought it was supposed to be like a real moment for her like she had maybe she had something written because yeah and then she because she said she basically says like and the thing you have to do is or whatever and then she mm-hmm. t- tries to pull the next note well, card she, le- she is legit rifling through all of her note cards and she's like i, I don't know yeah yeah, or maybe. like, yeah, maybe she just took it as a sign that she yeah. was like, whatever I had planned is meaningless because we're, this is the world that we're in. Mm-hmm. But we do know that she is a note card saboteur. That's true. So maybe she sabotaged her own note cards. Were you checking those IMDb trivia facts? No. Oh, okay. I was only doing <laughs> research that was pertinent to my limited interests. Oh, yeah, that was just one of the IMDb trivia things. Is that Did you know? Yeah, did you know? <laughs> Nona Ryder that... hates note cards. Yeah, well, because there's a scene, uh, that scene later with the note cards, and so someone in the trivia tried to, like, co- connect those two scenes. Oh, as... so you were looking at the trivia. I was, yeah, that was me. Oh, I well, that. I made that connection all on my own. Nice. Look at all these twists and turns. Twists yeah. and turns. You don't need to watch a movie to get twists. Yeah, Turns out Harper was looking at IMDb trivia the whole time. Mm-hmm. I know it's bad, but they have some fun facts in there. So I'm they gonna do. I'm gonna share some of those fun facts later. Oh, nice. yeah. excited! So after the graduation scene, it cuts to the the main four on the roof of a building. They're like just hanging out, wearing their some of them wearing their robes, so that you know they just graduated, mm-hmm. and they're Very- talking about. Yeah. Very casually joking about suicide. Yeah. There's a lot of casual joking about a lot of things in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, and we discover Ethan Hawke is there, and we discover that he dropped out of college just before finishing all of his credits. And, yeah, so... He throws her tassel off the roof. Oh, yeah. Mm. He, like, stands on the edge and throws her tassel off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's like... You know, why would I, what's the point in graduating so I could hang one of these tassels from my rearview rear mirror and tell all my college co-ed friends about, you know, how, or whatever. I don't know, but he was, he was saying something. About, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, because that's why I thought that they graduated from high school at first. Mm. Because he said something about, like, other guys that he would show the tassel to or something. And then, um, but then I realized shortly after that it was actually college they graduated from, mm. which made more sense. 
Well, at least then their age makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, because Ethan Hawke's been playing a teen. He's been switching during this whole period of time. He's really been playing a teen, mostly, except for Midnight Clear, which I think he was still kind of a he teenager. Been a teen. Yeah, he could have been a, lot a teen. Of the soldiers yeah. were teens. So, Is that the last one you guys watched? No, that was a no. couple ago. Oh, well, Alive, they were in college. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's been switching back and forth between playing an adult and a teen. Or, like, yeah, a young so adult Midnight and a teen. Clear, he was a soldier. He, in World War II, he could I assume, like, 18-ish. Yeah. yeah. And then Waterland, he was in high school. High school. Rich in Love, he was in high school. Mm-hmm. Alive, he was in college. Yeah. And then... Reality bites. Reality bites, yeah. Because I kind of thought when we were watching, and I mean, all of these movies were probably filmed within like probably two years, you know. But I did start to think when we were watching Waterland, like he's he's starting to feel a little too old to play high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we all get to that point. Yeah, we all age out of those high school roles. Yeah. So the way that this portion of the movie is shot, and a lot of them throughout the film is um like kind of you know freehand documentary camera style and we it's because Winona Ryder is trying to make a documentary about her friends and their lives yeah yeah Yeah. one of the first things that Ethan Hawke says when they're on the rooftop Mm -hmm. they're talking about like how him and uh Winona Ryder's character never uh uh <gasps> and he says that would have been this kind of podcast yeah oh yeah we have an e for explicit if you want to get crazy Ooh, can i say fudge <laughs> you sure can <laughs> oh boy i but love one it. per show and you've already used it <laughs> um and i'm eating it yum, he, yum. <laughs> he says uh that would have been a poetic experience if i weren't such a gentleman like, yeah he says so <laughs> many cringy things in this movie yeah also, I feel like at some point he just decides that he's in love with Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Because um, I remember watching it and there just being a moment where I'm like, oh, okay, so he's into her. All right. Yeah. It's just. Cool. I feel like maybe they had some tension the whole time that they knew each other and that, you know, probably like she. I mean, she clearly had feelings for him, I think. But then he was an asshole the whole time and kind of played with her Mm -hmm. um and then you know uh but could have maybe had feelings deep down inside but he was emotionally stunted yeah and then uh he you know grew up and decided to have the feelings (laughs) (laughs) to act on them i feel like his response to having feelings for someone is the same as like what a like elementary school student is which is like i'm gonna be mean to her yeah Okay. It took his dad dying. Yeah, for him <laughs> for, to like for, chill for him out. To, yeah. Oops, spoiling it again. Yeah, that's okay. We'll talk Listen, about it more later. Yeah, we're you know like Amy Adams' arrival. Time yeah. is a circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Everything's already happened and will happen again. Oh my god. Yeah, we did a we have this great oh it's too bad because the video kind of got corrupted i think but we reenacted arrival and i played amy adams <laughs> and um jonathan played uh what's his jeremy renner, the jeremy renner. Oh. <laughs> the child. oh who played the child one of our fl- <laughs> friends played the child i can't remember who it was i'm um, it was geo 
No. no oh, it was for Gio. Gio. It, yeah. Okay, so our friend Gio, who was a guest on the show, he's a big fan of the movie Arrival, so we recreated it for him. That's yeah, sweet. for his like birthday or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so oh, it was Jorge, friend of the show, Jorge Verón played my child. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> and we'll have to see if we can uh, get that videoed. Also, I could share it on the gram mm-hmm. yeah. when this episode comes out a month from now. And my only line was like, I would just say the word math over and over. Oh, yeah. I said uh, linguistics. <laughs> that would just be like math because that was yeah. the only thing about his character. Really. Yeah, those were yeah the only defining characteristics. Um, no to Arrival. Anyway, yeah. And Denis yeah. Villeneuve. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve, we love you. Come on Denis the show. I like I like a lot of his movies actually. I just didn't love Arrival. Yeah, I can't think of any of his other movies now. That one that I fell asleep during was that one Jake Gyllenhaal. Enemy. Enemy, yeah. And also, Blade uh, Runner twenty forty nine is incredible. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a good movie. And also, yeah. um, did he do Prisoners? Prisoners? Oh, I mm. love that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. That was hard to watch, but it was very good. Yeah. He's doing Dune. Mm. Excited for that. That's one. fun. Dune, you said. Dune. Dune. Oh yeah. yeah. All these movies starring Ethan Hawke. That would be interesting if he did a movie with Ethan Hawke. Denis Villeneuve. What if, okay, I feel like if Jake Gyllenhaal and Ethan Hawke were playing opposite each other, it would just be too much. That like, I can't imagine. Uncomfortable energy. Yeah, I really can't imagine them in the same movie. Yeah, me neither. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, though. Yeah. I love He's great. Jake Gyllenhaal. He's great that, would, that would be a lot of yeah. intense energy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they both have this slightly neurotic, almost, energy to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can, just in different ways. And I if can, they were together, it would just be like tectonic plates shifting. Yeah. Yeah, because I can picture both of them with a vein just popping out of their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially in Before the Devil Knows Your Dad. Like, I think, I mean, I haven't seen all of Ethan Hawke's movies, but that, I mean... He was really intense in that movie. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Well, you will. Is it, a, is it like a Western or something? No, it's uh, it's it's him and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh wow! And nice. they they rob a a um, jewelry store that's actually owned by their mom. Okay. <laughs> wow. What a concept. And who directed it? Oh my god. Um, I, I can't, re- I can't remember off the top of my head. It's, but it's a director, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those, you know, directors. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a name. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> if we had a producer, maybe they could have looked it up for us, <laughs> but we have no producer here. We're doing this all on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. We had a producer last time. No, we had an executive. We had an producer. executive producer. Our friend yeah. Lauren. Our ex- executive producers on this show are just people who sit on the couch and occasionally like chime in, like, "Oh, I love that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I. I don't want to. I want to say it's no. It's not Paul Schrader, because Paul Schrader directed. First Reformed. First Reformed, and I don't think he also did this movie. But they're both Ethan Hawke movies, so maybe. I don't know. Uh, oh, Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet, yes. Okay. I produce. Okay. Yeah. And there's that. Oh, yeah. What are some L- other credits? So many movies. Sydney Lumet wrote the book on making movies. He wrote a book yeah. called Making Movies. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Twelve Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, 
network. Oh, network. Kind of a big network. deal. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a couple I movies. Was, the Wiz. I think it was one of the last movies he made because he mm-hmm. he's now passed. The devil before the devil knows you're dead. You're saying is the last one. Yes. One of the last ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. I thought there was a fun line from Janine Garofalo in that one scene uh, where they're on the roof. We're still on the roof with them. Yes. Um, she's talking to, uh, who is she talking to? Oh, she's talking to Steve Zahn. And she says, I truly believe that if we, could, if we could get two women on the Supreme Court, we could get one on you, Sam. I thought that was a funny line. <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, except for we later find out that he's gay. So. Yes. Yeah. I think it's so f- interesting how they set up Steve Zahn's character because they play him or like he, he plays the character very like timid at least in the opening video mm-hmm. but he doesn't really he doesn't really play like that for the rest of the movie you know he's he's very like I, I thought they were going to have him be like a very sort of uh, contrasting character but it's not as if he's some I don't know like like timid like shy person like mm-hmm. he's very i don't know you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah no definitely yeah and he has glasses too so like he could have been like a nerd just to, you know but he was really just like a cool guy with glasses yeah yeah um steve Zahn actually was cast in this movie because he was doing a play with ethan hawk at the time mm-hmm. and so uh ben stiller i think saw them both in the play and was like oh well we got ethan hawk we're gonna get steve Zahn too do you remember role. what the play is no i don't cool <laughs> um sorry and they have a they have a scene where they're at dinner like a graduation dinner type situation yeah and there's this whole argument about how they gifted winona Ryder a like bmw mm-hmm. oh my god it's like the old bmw the old bmw and they have this whole kind of dust up about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well i think it's important to note that this dinner is like ethan hawk and winona Ryder are there and it's with her characters um like her mom and dad and her step parents like her parents mm-hmm. are divorced and so both of both sets right, of parents right. are there right and so her uh mother is married to someone who's very young and they play it up as a joke because she's like cutting his food for him <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so then when uh her mom and dad get into a fight like uh, the dad brings up how young the, the her the new husband is mm-hmm. yeah what is the line that she i can't remember what the line she has i know that at the end of the conversation the stepdad finally chimes in because mm-hmm. he hasn't really been participating in the conversation the whole time and he's like get a ford <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was that was really good, yeah. good. I don't remember what song was playing, but I wrote down A plus soundtrack. <laughs> I'm always so surprised by how cool Ben Stiller is. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I like you know f- think of Ben Stiller a lot as the Ben Stiller, the actor from my childhood, which yeah. was like a lot of kind of cheesy comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But every movie he's directed is like very good and cool. Like this yeah. one. Um, that one that we were talking about that I can't remember, like while we're young or something with Adam Driver and um, Amanda Seyfried. And he's in it too, I think. Anyway, Brad Status. Just, he has a lot of really cool, good movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the soundtrack really reflects how cool he is. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah. I agree. 
so I think a little time passes and then we are seeing them all kind of like settled in their post-college lives. And so Winona Ryder, we should probably call her by her character's name, should we? <laughs> I feel like I she's mean, just so Winona Ryder. She's so Winona Ryder. Do you know what it is? Um, Lainey. Lelena. Lelena. It's Lelena, but like she goes by Lainey. Mm-hmm. Lainey. Yeah. So Lainey, Winona Ryder, <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> She's no. working at uh, like a morning talk show called yeah. Good Morning with Grant. Good Morning with Grant. And, and he says good morning a whole lot. He does. He says it every time he starts a sentence and pretty much, or as new, a new segment. Um, and then he says good morning and the audience says good morning back at him. And it's all old people. Yeah. This is an old, old audience. Yeah. yeah. Of mostly women. There's one guy. Mostly mm-hmm. women. And he points out the guy. Yeah. yeah he's, he's like, like that's the guy. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's uh, Fraser Crane's dad plays yes. Grant. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, just yeah. standing up a lot more than he, you would probably think of him. Mm-hmm. Standing up, he's in Frasier. He's sitting on that chair a lot. I've only seen like a couple episodes of Frasier. Oh, really? Yeah, Frasier's not a big touchstone. I like it, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's not a big touchstone for me. I don't know. It's just not something I watch a lot of. I think it's all on Netflix or Amazon. One of those. If you ever wanted to watch like eleven seasons, <laughs> should of be show. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I as of I, this I, recording, I've yeah. connected with some you know, '90s sitcoms, Seinfeld, mostly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I can do a sitcom for sure. Longer sort of form television, I have a harder time with, because mm-hmm. I like to be able to just kind of jump in wherever, and just see what's just check in with my pals, you know, <laughs> yeah. see see what they're see what see what's going on at the apartment or whatever, or at the cafe or mm-hmm. at the restaurant, just see how they're doing. Or in Thirty Rock. Or in thir- yeah, or in Thirty Rockefeller Plaza, exactly. Yeah. Except we're doing that one chronologically. Yeah, we are. We're in the midst of a 30 Rock rewatch right now. Oh, we're so good. deep in so season good. five now. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to I want to watch Veep, but I do want to do the one chronologically as well because that has a plot. Yeah. Veep was always my, um, when I was still running at the Planet Fitness, that was my sort of running show. Mm, nice. Oh, nice. So I like associated with that and i haven't watched it outside of the gym mm-hmm. every, every time it's on you like start to stand just up start, start running yeah <laughs> oh god um but yeah three rocks so good i was just at um blue pig collectibles the other week and uh it's it's up in the valley it's like a you know antique sort of oh, okay. well not antique but more like you know collectibles but right, they had right. a um they had a kenneth the page uh talking bobblehead Oh, oh my cute. God, that's so fun. Snagged, yeah. Ten dollars. Yeah. Unbelievable. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Um, I was just watching uh Hot Ones with Aubrey Plaza. It was a new episode. Mm-hmm. And um it's really gonna date us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but she was talking about she started out as a page at NBC as well. Oh, and she stole her page jacket and still has it. Oh wow. that's cute. Honestly though, that would be a cool jacket to have. Yeah, for real. Um, Even I'll take just the pin, you know, that yeah. says like NBC and the little yeah. peacock. Yeah. yeah. So Frazier's dad yeah, hosts this so. talk show. He's <laughs> rifling through note cards. Mm-hmm. We brought up note cards earlier. Yeah. Now, do we think that's the um, touchstone of a good um, talk show host? No, definitely not. <laughs> rely constantly on note cards? Yeah. It's like Craig Ferguson would always start every interview 
by he would take the note cards he was given and just rip them up mm-hmm. oh, that's so uh, great he, yeah he yeah, was good he was the best yeah and i feel like the note the note cards are distracting like yeah. if you're watching television and they're in the frame which they i mean they probably are yeah just based on how that was set up and what's an interesting parallel here is that um i mean this is kind of a stretch to connect this but you know, someone like Janine Garofalo, who's in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, she's actually known for um, her stand-up where she will have her notebook on stage with her. Mm-hmm. I think she was one of the first people to do that, or she just, like, really kind of broke the mold on that in some way. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I don't really know a lot about her except for that um, she was in the West Wing. Mm. And I really liked her in the West Wing. I just never from the cool haircut she had in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery Men. She would later reunite with Ben Stiller. Oh. In that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe in other movies too, but. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that they would actually be in another movie together because he f- actually fired her from this movie because he didn't like her attitude because she what? didn't like to go to rehearsals. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, there was a really interesting um, list but, of actresses that tried out for this role that included Gwyneth Paltrow, and which would have been a really different movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, and um, a few other people I can't remember. But um, so, but Winona Ryder was like, oh, you should check out Janine Garofalo, because, like, or you should, you should pick her because they did a chemistry read or something, and she, she really liked her. And so, but she just, like, would not show up to rehearsals, and she, like, didn't, she wasn't about it. And so then he fired her, and then Winona Ryder was like, you have to bring her back. She's perfect for this part. Oh. And so then that's how she ended up being in the movie. I was going to ask, wow. if, yeah. if he fired her, what, what, how is she in so much of the movie? <laughs> CGI. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Interesting. Yeah. That was an IMDb fact. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, IMDb. Yeah. Thanks, IMDb. They should sponsor us. Yeah. Sponsor us, IMDb. I don't know what we would... What, what, just pay us what is there to sponsor your, uh, our free service well pro imdb pro oh yeah i wouldn't know technically they're a, a competitor to our service but not oh, really we don't like them then go away I mean, IMDb we're, pro. we're doing i mean we're just we're just in totally different leagues mm-hmm. yeah cool well uh so Janine Garofalo and Winona Ryder, uh, Vicky and Lainey yeah. are in the car Characters. together. Characters. Character names. Yeah, although I just feel like they're all <laughs> just being the most themselves in this oh, movie. Yeah. Just, I mean, Janine Garofalo's voice is like so identifiable that it's really mm-hmm. hard to separate her from any character that she plays, honestly. Yeah. And um, Winona Ryder is just being real Winona Ryder in this movie, I feel. <sighs> yeah. And Ethan Hawke. And, well, Steve Zahn doesn't really have a lot to do, but, no. you know, I just feel like they're all really being themselves a lot. So I'm just going to switch between character and actor names. I feel like it's <laughs> fine. Um, so they're in the car together. And Wait, before we talk about that, though, we should mention one more thing about the show. Oh, yeah. Which is that we didn't mention the fact that she forgets his coffee right. and he, like, tells her off. Yeah. So there's a scene where they're standing in, like, the sort of hallway next to where the the audience is sitting the audience is sitting yeah and i do a lot of gesticulating as the audience can uh, can sense <laughs> yeah you should see these hand movements <laughs> crazy and so he's telling her he's basically telling her off for forgetting the coffee and then like an audience member turns to them and he like immediately switches to the big smile and it's like good morning or whatever mm-hmm. so i think it was supposed to kind of 
play off the sort of fakeness of the charismatic TV host. They may seem really nice, but actually kind of an asshole. Yeah. And she, so it's crazy it's, that she is, I mean, because she's a producer on this show, yeah? Yeah. So, like, why is she getting him coffee? I don't know. I mean, I imagine that it's a pretty low budge show yeah. so maybe she just has you wears know, a lot of hats as a producer it's in houston it's mm-hmm. uh i mean i imagine it's local access or public yeah access, it kind of feels yeah. like morning but not like so early that people are really watching it before they go to work mm-hmm. you know uh, so yeah. it's kind of like that kathy lee hoda hour yeah that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore but um, i mean it's watched by retirees i mean yeah. you can see that from the, from audience. the audience yeah yeah and also, in one more coffee moment, there's a scene, it's very brief, but I thought it was funny, when Winona Ryder is like, she's at her house, and she's making coffee in the morning, and she's out of filters, so she goes to the bathroom and gets toilet paper, and then uses it as a coffee filter. <laughs> oh, nice, that was I missed funny. that. Yeah, it was like, like a second. Hard times. Yeah. So they're in the car. Can I can I do that now? Okay, so they're in the car, and um, Winona Ryder is smoking a cigarette, and then they pull up next to this guy Ben Stiller. Yeah, Um, he's got a car phone. Yeah, he has a car phone. Very cool. Yeah, but it really makes him seem like an asshole, like he's in a convertible with a car phone. And they're also listening to totally different music. Yeah, which is like they're they're playing that up, playing up the differences between the two. Yeah, Yeah, it's some good exposition so that we know who this guy is and that he's different from them. And um, so they look over at him and they're like, ah, look at this guy. And so she flicks her cigarette out of the car and it lands in his car. And so he's having a business call, but the um, midsection of his car is on fire. And so then he veers to the right into her and, you know, gets into an accident. accident. Yeah. His airbag goes off. He's Mm -hmm. still on the business call. (laughs) Yeah. And he says, no, I'm not laughing at you. I just got into an accident. Yeah. And then, so, then he and Winona Ryder meet, and uh, it's the beginning of a, of a love story. Yeah. Um, he says he's going to, like, sue her because she caused the accident, and she really clearly has no money. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're in his office after that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you see them, like, kind of talking, and he's, like, being all businessy man, and he so, has, like, a bunch of... Uh, he has a collectible figurine of Dr. Zaius from Planet of the Apes, which That's I right. thought was really cool. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, big ape fan. <laughs> which she plays with. Yeah, she and plays she plays with, with, with Dr. Zaius figure. And so then uh, he kind of looks over at her, and she's like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't do this anymore. And he's like, no, it's fine. But then she drops it, and yeah. it's the head But at this off. point, she has already charmed her way into his heart. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So she's he's like, cute. you know what? It's not a big deal. I mean, it's a collectible item, but it's yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. It was really upsetting. Watch. <laughs> I, you know, as someone who has been like slightly getting into not too much, I'm trying to keep it under control, but you know, <laughs> collecting things a little bit recently, it was upsetting to see. <laughs> so I was like, I, I would not have been very nice. Yeah. And also there's there's a moment where she says, where he's talking about like, you know, them, their, their lawyers talking to each other or whatever. And she's like, I don't have a lawyer. I don't have a dentist. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. Relatable. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. And then basically it cuts to they're at 
their place and Ethan Hawke shows up and he's like, can I stay here? And, um, well, he's already walked in with his stuff. At yeah, this yeah, point. yeah. 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 He's got, uh, what's her name said that it was okay. Yeah. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo. Steve Vicky. Zahn's character is, is helping, uh, yeah. Ethan Hawke's character move in. Mm-hmm. And then and Winona Ryder is expressing her consternation with this move. She's not, she's not so down with it. Yeah. But in the end it's settled and Janine Garofalo says, welcome to the maxi pad. Yeah, uh, that was, was pretty good. Very <laughs> funny. Uh, um, and Ethan Hawke, does he put up his um, big uh, sheet with the name of his band on it in the maybe. in the apartment? It's the name of his band is Hey, that's my bike. Yeah, that was that was cute. It felt, you know plausible yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad band name no it's it's fun i like it but it's it's also like slightly ridiculous yeah yeah and then there's the scene where they get a phone call and ethan Hawke picks it up and he's like hello you've reached the winter of our discontent <sighs> oh my yeah God. that was a really it's good so, line I... it's just it's so uh, uh what's the word i'm trying to think of yeah, it's so... Um, like misanthropic youth. Misanthropic youth. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It felt really Ethan Hawke it's to so, me. Oh, it's so palpable. Yeah, and I see that um, a lot uh, on the internet. It's like that that frame with the subtitle at the uh-huh. bottom is, mm-hmm. you know, reblogged and Tumblr. shared a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Circuit. speaking of, we have a Tumblr now. Wow. Mm. Do you not see that? No. <laughs> um, a lot of good yeah. communication happening here. Yeah, you can follow us at hawkeyespod.tumblr.com <laughs> if that's more your speed. And I'm so, the, to, and so, gifts go there. Gifts do go there. I yeah. used to. That used to be my bag. I made gift sets of um, Teen Wolf primarily. MTV oh. Teen Wolf. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So Janine Garofalo becomes the manager of the camp. <laughs> Yeah, she's working at Gap. There's a lot of Gap presence in this movie. Oh my God, isn't there? Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot. I've never spent so much time in a Gap (laughs) as you did watching this movie. No, it's funny how much screen time is devoted to the Gap. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a shot where they hang on the Gap cast registers for like an unreasonable amount of time. Yeah. I feel like I mentioned Gap in the last episode. Oh, that was an, an episode for sure. I've I just like heard you talking about it, like played back. Yeah, I I'm like hearing. I said something about buying sensible sensible ch- chinos. What at the Gap? <laughs> what context Is that would a that section? have been? I don't know. Could it have been? I mean, I just re-listened to that first episode. Maybe no, it, was, it wasn't. No? It was it was the most recent one. White Fang. Yeah, I somehow managed to bring up the cap in the movie Wife Egg. Is it because they were buying hats at the millinery? Oh, maybe. <laughs> in any case, Gap, sponsor us. Yeah, we love you, Gap. <laughs> the, I, I, I love a sensible Chino. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about that shot again, because mo- I think they move away from the cash, the cash registers, and they just, the way that they reveal the Gap... 
is just like look at this yeah it's very like <laughs> this is look the gap this like place. this is there are people bustling you know yeah. there is a wall of jeans you know it's, yeah yeah look at how many people love the gap yeah yeah you brought up the fact that uh the the other time you thought about the gap being in a movie was in minority report yeah because there's this have you seen minority report i have yeah okay because there's that scene where he goes into the gap yeah like, he's like testing out his fake eye yeah yeah yeah. and so but because they like everything recognizes you by your eye scan or whatever in this future society yeah right then they all like it was, i don't know he had some like old japanese man and yeah that, yeah. Kept, that information kept popping but up all no over the gap facial re- I, I guess i gotta watch the movie again yeah no facial re- yeah, it's, re- it's all eye stuff and those like spider things that's not the future we <laughs> 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 have facial recognition now yeah. oh my god come on yeah. spielberg <laughs> <laughs> yeah so janine garofalo says um oh so they get really high because they're celebrating her becoming the manager of the gap Hell yeah. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Like yeah. that's a big deal. And she's young. She's like, <laughs> what, you know, like just out of college, like 22, 23 and the manager of the gap. Like that's yeah. not nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Yeah. She, so she probably makes more in that, in that role with, uh, inflation than, uh, I do now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Reality bites. You reality bites. <laughs> reality does bite. <laughs> so they get really high, and then um, Winona Ryder was given this gas card by her dad, and right. so she's he says, "Oh, I'll pay this for the for a whole year, yeah, just to like you know help her get off her feet, with thinking it'll just be for like gas money." But she uses it all the time at the store, at the gas station. And so they get really high, and they're like celebrating, and they're like, "We they need food to eat." Yeah. Um, and you're so, high. yeah, because they're high. They got to get those Pringles. Another thing where the brand was very visible, like they were, he was like holding the Pringles in a way that it mm-hmm. just felt really like angled oh, at yeah. the camera. Um, so, yeah, so they go and um, Janine Garofalo says, I just realized that Evian is naive, naive spelled backwards. backwards. <laughs> yeah. That was another quality line. She has, I think she has like some of the best lines of the movie. Yeah. Glad she was unfired. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she does some she does some heavy lifting. Yeah. It seems like also most times people are buying things in this movie. They are buying them in bulk. They're they're buying like a lot of things at once. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like in this scene and later Winona's buying like a bunch of sodas or something. Mm-hmm. Things are often cheaper if you buy them in large quantities. Yeah. They're, they're living on a budget. Um, oh, I also, I just found the other people that went up for Janine Garofalo's role, if you're interested. Great. Um, it was Anne Heche and Parker Posey. Hmm. So, yeah, I could see Parker Posey, but I think it was better with Janine Garofalo. Like, yeah. I feel like Parker Posey would have been, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's good. She's good. Oh, and so then my Sharona comes on the radio and they ask the gas station attendant to turn on turn up the music, and so they have a dance party to my Sharona. Yeah, it's really except fun. Except for the gas Ethan station. Hawk, who's just like yeah, he looks really o- awkward. Yeah, he's not into it. He's too cool. He's too, cool too cool for my Sharona. Uh, yeah, he's too cool to dance. Yeah. See, I think he's just not very 
in touch with, like emotionally mature. Mm-hmm. You know, he thinks he's too cool for my Sharona. He thinks he's like too cool to be in a serious relationship. You know, yeah. he's just not mature. Yeah. I don't, I feel like there could have been more uh, in this movie about why he is that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just, yeah. Because I think, you know, we get that stuff about like how his parents divorced when he was five and that mm-hmm. was clearly traumatic for him, right. but it doesn't, but it's all you know, just being but like, to- like all of their parents were divorced, by him. Yeah. you know, and it doesn't like, that doesn't really like explain it exactly, you know, mm-hmm. like, like why he stopped just before, like why it was so important to him to not get a degree. Cause I feel like that's, that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to be so like anti-establishment was like important to him. Right. Yeah, and I think around this point, uh, Winona Ryder and Ben Stiller go on a date. They do, and so, yeah, she's getting ready still, and so then Ben Stiller comes to the door and like all all the kids are hanging out on the floor playing this game where they name episodes of, was it like the Jeffersons or something? It was the, it was the Jeffersons, yeah. So they're all just like naming specific episodes that happened, like the plot of the episode. And then Ben Stiller comes in and Ethan Hawke looks up and he says, oh my God, are you a collections agent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Solid, solid yeah. line. That also, that really sounds good. like a great game. That is a really good game. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, that'd be good. It's just that, like everyone has to like be on the same page of like a show that you yeah. all yeah. know in detail. Which is tough. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Especially, Especially now. There's so much content. Peak TV. I mean, so much content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you joke, but it's it's real. It's peak TV. Oh, just because I say things funny doesn't mean I'm I'm serious. No, yeah, I was too much. So talk to you. Oh, yeah, that the woman I was talking to about the show, and she was talking about Reality Bites. I was saying uh, she was she kept like listing all these shows, and she's like, oh, we just we just finished Silicon Valley, and then she's like, and we're gonna start watching Special, and I was like, oh, I haven't watched any of these shows. This is like <laughs> stressing me out. Yeah. Because I had to watch Tales of the City. <laughs> oh. Well, it's because Netflix releases like three new things every week. Yeah. But then there are also, you know, dozens of other networks that are releasing things. It's just yeah. impossible to keep up. Yeah. Well, Netflix, like, their mission statement is to like have a content for every single person in the mm-hmm. world, which means that they're like creating content in every language yeah. and like in every genre. And it's like, I'm so ready to consume it all, but there's just not enough minutes. No, yeah. there really aren't. In the day. I miss when there were but four yeah. networks. And if you didn't like a show, you were just like, I guess I'm not watching TV this season. Yeah. I'll just watch the static. <laughs> yeah. I'll bond with my family. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, reality bites. Reality, reality bites. bites. Okay, so, oh, then Ben Stiller tries to play the game, and it just, he's like, that one episode when Gary Coleman is like, that short guy, and it just, yeah, uh, doesn't land. Come on, dude. Doesn't go over very well. Yeah. But I will say, you know, just because, I mean, I I liked his character. I did too. I I mean, and I don't think we're supposed to, like, hate him or anything. I agree. Um, but I definitely was, I mean, I was just kind of rooting for him the whole time, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, because he was, I mean, where 
Ethan Hawke lacked all that emotional maturity. He was, you know, he knew what he was about. Yeah. Yeah. He was in touch with himself, which is, you know, like he knew that he wasn't, you know, groovy like Ethan Hawke, but like that didn't, that wasn't really a problem for him until later in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he says um, when they're on the date, there's this really good line where he's like, He's he's talking to her about like the impression that of him that she probably has so, like a stuffy you know Italian suit businessman, and he says I'm not like that. I mean I know why the caged bird sings, you know. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and then she's like, really? Why does the caged bird sing? And he's like, he's I don't caged. know. Yeah, he's, he's caged. caged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like he's not unlikable. He's like just he's a like all right dude. Yeah. yeah. He he's just, just a little awkward. Yeah, he just doesn't have, like, all the same interests. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they make out in the car. They do. Oh, I have a fun note. The song that's playing in the car while they're making out, or I think they more than make out, is what's implied when she's walking back into the house. Yeah. Um, But the song that's playing is um, Baby, I Love Your Way. Mm -hmm. And so that was not originally the song that was going to be playing. It was originally going to be a Beck song. Oh, so wow. it would have been like, you know, it would have been like cool 90s, 90s yeah. back oh, yeah. time. Um, but so do you remember Jonathan and I watched this movie together a couple nights ago? And so at the end during the credits, that Lisa Lieb song, Stay, I Miss You, started going. And I like went off. I was so excited. I love that song. <laughs> and so so she is good friends with Ethan Hawke. And so Ethan Hawke is the reason why that song got put in the movie. Um and he also actually directed the music video for that song, Ethan wow. Hawke. That's fun. Yeah. And so, but because Ben Stiller really liked the song too, and so then he fought for that song to stay in the movie with like Universal, I think. Um, and so then they said, all right, well, if you're going to have this song in the movie, then you got to give up that Beck song and use Baby I Love Your Way. Wow. So, uh, that's so interesting. So that's how that song ended up being in that movie. Wow. Interesting. Fun fact. So why, why, why was why... Universal against them using the Beck song? I don't know. Maybe it Did was Universal like a... also have the Peter Frampton song, and they said you can use this one, but not this one. I'm not sure. I don't really. Crazy. I didn't, I didn't read that, but that's so interesting. They didn't want any losers in the movie. So <laughs> 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 <It's laughs> unfair to door. <laughs> uh, there's this fun story about train spotting. Um, that uh, speaking of songs that weren't put into movies, is that Danny Boyle wanted to put. Um, an Oasis song in there and he asked uh, the Gallaghers to to use the song and I think it was Liam Gallagher he's like oh I didn't want to put my song in that movie because I heard that the movie was called Train Spotting and I thought it was about train spotters which is the most boring fucking thing in the world so I didn't want my song used in a boring movie which is really funny that's funny I didn't. That's interesting that there's more than one Oasis song. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's okay. This guy's a big uh, high flying birds fan. That's fine. That's fine. You know, it's fine. Hey, listen, I know, I know how the the people versus Oasis shakes out, but uh, it's okay. I've I've just added myself as an Oasis fan. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I mean, we could leave. It's true. And I could just spend the next like 45 minutes. Turn this into an Oasis podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you call your Oasis podcast if you had one? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Wonder, Wonder Pod? 
I'll, I'll, I will think about it. Okay, and, and we'll come back episode, to it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have an answer for Champagne you. Champagne Supernovers. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> Champod. Right Champod Supernova. Yeah. There it is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on this date. Mm-hmm. She's talking about how much she loves big gulps. Oh, yeah, that was funny. They're making out, and then the big gulps kind of get in the way. Yeah, they're, like, holding the big gulps while, while they're, they're making out. Yeah, yeah it was, that was funny. Yeah, some visual humor. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. before they have sex. Sex. And then we see Ethan Hawke. Yeah, she comes home, character. and then he basically, like, gives her shit about it. Yeah, she, he calls um, Ben Stiller's character a yuppie cheese ball. Yeah. Yuppie head cheese ball, sorry. Yeah. And then she's like, you're acting like a jealous boyfriend. Yeah, that scene was, was loaded. Then he yeah. like, that's the same scene right where he takes her face and her hands like very gently. It was like. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. And then he starts laughing. Yeah, what an so asshole. Cool. Like, what a dick. And he's like, is that what you want to hear? Yeah. God, Classy. That Class really act. killed me. And every lady watching as he says, yes. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> no, yeah. Get that guy, get that guy out of your life. Just be with Ben Stiller. Just be with Ben Stiller. He's so charming. Yeah. He's a nice date. guy. He could feed you dinner like you're like, you know, a broke just out of college student. This is a, a nice man filters. that could feed you dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the next scene Oh, I, I do have a note here that says Ethan Hawke is reading, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Because he reads a lot. He and... does read a lot. Always. Always. Can we pinpoint a time that he's reading in every movie that we've seen? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't know. Does about... he read in, in Alive? Does, I don't think there are any books. Does he have a book? Oh, he no. I don't know. I don't think so, actually. That if, you, if you're not familiar, that movie's about a plane crash, so they have limited... Supplies, yeah. Library, sure. Uh, some leftover brochures on the plane, I guess. No, in Rich and Love, he's like, yeah, kind of, yeah. Waterland, uh, he must. Oh yeah, in Waterland, I mean, he's like back at the class. I'm too smart for all of you. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an. Have you seen that movie? Uh, one one. Waterland. Waterland. I don't think anyone's seen it, but no. it's yeah. except it's, for us. A strange movie. They talk about uh, uh, books and mystery dates. And mystery sure. date, yeah. But it's mostly that she reads, and then he spies on her to see what book she's reading, so he could bring it up later. <laughs> yeah, and then White Fang, he's protective of his books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. later on, he definitely reads. I think in the before trilogy. Oh yeah. But for sure. And and he's written um, like four books, mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, we have. I just um, I just put a book of his on hold at the library so that I could read it, so that we could talk about it one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like the first book I read in like a million years. I'm so bad about <laughs> reading. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there's actually a clip in that podcast about reading a book. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, when do you want to do your clips? Should we just save it for the? I guess we'll just save. It no, I mean, end. I could just do them whenever. Oh. But this clip is just him say the interviewer saying that that he has to be the person that's like read the most books in any movies like he's mm-hmm. always seen reading mm-hmm. a book Let's see if i can find that I oh think. yeah so we'll just yeah just 
cut that in here. Yeah. It's filmed most often reading a book in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a contract. I think so There's too. a writer in your contract. I'm so <laughs> often when somebody like casts me as a writer again, writer and snow, somehow <laughs> yeah. they always want to put me in one of those two things. There you go. You yeah. get the idea. Yeah. So clever. Yeah, writer and snow. But it is true because we've seen two movies already where he's like in snow, basically, stranded in snow. Hmm. No, yeah. three. White Fang. Alive. Alive and Midnight Clear. Midnight Clear, yeah. Yeah. Midnight Clear is really good. Oh, also. I do have a clip about that as well. Okay. I won't <laughs> say anything then. I don't want to spoil your content. No, no, no. Say, what were you going to say about it? No, I, was, uh, I think that um, uh, Nona Ryder also was involved in Ethan Hawke getting cast in this movie because she saw him yes. in a Midnight Clear yeah, there and is. really liked him. There is that. There is something about Winona in here that I can play or not. Do it. We can get to that later. (laughs) Okay, we'll get to it later. (laughs) Okay, so pretty shortly after that, Winona Ryder is at her job at Good Morning Grant. Yeah. And um, she's pretty fed up with the whole experience because it's, you know, like low-key a hostile work environment. And... um, so what she does is she changes that. She's responsible for giving Grant his cue cards or his flash cards, index cards that he uses on the show. And well, so before that, she tries to show him the <laughs> documentary that she's working on. Right. And he doesn't want to uh, put it on the show. He doesn't want to feature it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's dismissive. So a, he was just like, give downer. me my cards. Yeah. So she leaves the room, and then he kind of talks smack about her to this other right. producer on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he kind of vouches for her. The producer. The oh, the producer. Like, yeah, the oh, producer, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she... She should get with him. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else but Ethan Hawke. Yeah. <laughs> So she um, she writes on his his index cards instead of giving him the material that he should have for this interview that he's doing with an author who wrote a book about like self esteem and children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then she writes on the cards for him to say, "I have you know because I have a preference for very very young girls." Yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, and then he flips the card and something about him being a prick or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. But, And then he yeah. doesn't know what to do and he turns to the audience and he's like. Good morning. And then they're just like, (laughs) good morning. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, this and this type of joke will later be used in the Will Ferrell film Anchorman. Mm. Where Uh he reads exactly what's on the cards. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I watched that movie one time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've watched it in full. It's one of those like it was on TV type situations. Yeah, we might have watched it in my health class in the summer before high school. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. We watched a lot of movies. That was a weird class. Yeah. yeah I learned nothing a, about health. There's always a class, and we had a we had a class in high school that was that was literally just uh, we watched movies. Nice. And we didn't write anything about them. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just watched them. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a filler class. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes you need those. Yeah. So yeah, she sabotages her boss and gets fired. Uh oh. What's she gonna do? Yeah, and then she's at the apartment or at the house or whatever, and she's mm-hmm. telling everyone, she's like, "Guys, like, I got fired." And it's funny because the way she's saying it, it's like there's almost a sense of like surprise in her voice, which is like that 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 was the thing that kind of I was like, "You basically fired yourself. Like you mm-hmm. you quit." 
and then she's acting like, oh my gosh, I got fired, you guys, what am I going to do? And then I'm, uh, I'm surprised she didn't get fired for uh, stealing something. Nice. Yeah. Well, not a writer. She's a she's shoplifted. She shoplifted. Oh, the actress. Nice. It's <laughs> nice. a good ref if I had gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, she's like, what am I going to do? And then Janine Garofalo. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I just, I'm the manager at the Gap. You can come work at the Gap. And she's like, huh. let's be real. Like, I'm not going to work at the Gap. And she's like, oh, okay. Wow, what's that about? Yeah. Which is like kind of a dick move. Janine Garofalo storms yeah. off. By the way, we never really see, because I feel like the movie plays this like kind of like a minor conflict. But mm-hmm. I feel like in real life, that would be like a huge rift between mm-hmm. two friends. And I feel we don't really ever see that resolved. Yeah, I, I mean, think. I think that I feel like she's just kind of like she's just kind of a cool person. Like, I don't mean like cool isn't like like hip. I mean, cool isn't like she's just like nice. She's like a nice person. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she she's like kind of she's like looking out for Winona Ryder. She's mm-hmm. like worried about her when she's not ever getting up out of the couch, and like she just has her shit together, and she's like a decent person. Yeah. Well, it's just weird after that that they just kind of start, I don't know, talking again. Yeah. I, was just, yeah. I, I guess I was just kind of hoping that they would resolve that in some sort of way, even if it was just like a couple of throwaway lines. Right. If, in a way that would have required more of Winona Ryder's character than just like being there. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. Well, I feel like really their other relationships are you know her other relationships aside from like her relationships with ethan hawk and bun stiller are kind of incidental they're there to create a fuller picture of her life mm-hmm. but they're not exactly the main point of the story so that could have just been something that was cut for you know time yeah yeah, yeah it's, kind of, it's kind of the same thing with uh steve zahn's character you mm-hmm. know how we eventually um see him come out to his parents as part of the documentary. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it really feels like it's just like a part of the documentary Yeah, more yeah. than it is a character having any kind of development. Right. And it's just kind of strange because like we've been following this character throughout the movie. You almost wonder if it would have been like if she had filmed, you know, some other like, random character i don't know but there was like mm-hmm. no sort of i guess build up to that mm-hmm. i don't know so at some point she's walking around with ethan hawk yeah i think that's the next scene okay so he says something about how he's gonna end up working at the whole foods yeah <laughs> just like they wouldn't hire you at whole foods <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which I immediately was like, oh, they had Whole Foods back then. That's cool. Yeah, it's been around yeah. for a while, actually. Yeah. yeah. Not that, you know, it's weird to think of 94 as back then, but. Yeah. I mean, that was like 25 years ago now. Yeah. We're just old. Yikes. Reality bites. Reality bites. <laughs> Reality bites. <laughs> and then he says to her, uh, this is all we need. A couple smokes. A cup conversation, of uh, a cup, cup of, of coffee, coffee, and a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes in for the kiss, and there's so much tongue. It was like, Oof, boy, that was a messy, sloppy kiss. Yeah, yeah. Just so much. And she was like, 
She's like, no, no. She pushes him away. She's like, no, no, I can't do this. Yeah, she says, I can't not be friends with you right now. Yeah. And then what he says, I really loved it. Felt like peak, like this character. Yeah. He said, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about evolving. <laughs> like evolving. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. No, dude, is. you need to evolve. Yeah, he really first. does. And then basically he's like, uh, is this about Ben Stiller? And she's like, no. But well, yeah. 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 But also, she just lost her job. Yeah. Like, you trying to become her boyfriend right now? Like, let her let her get on steadier footing. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for him, though, like, I feel like for him, that wouldn't even kind of play into his idea of, like, what's appropriate. True. He because he, yeah. so he gets, I don't think we mentioned this, He the reason why he moves in with them is because he lost his job because he stole Snickers from the newsstand where he was working. Yeah. And so right. he kind of always has these kind of short-term, Yeah, I think like, on, this, on this walk that they're going on, he explains how many different jobs he's been mm-hmm. fired from. Yeah, and he's pointing out all the, yeah, places all the places in downtown yeah, exactly, Houston. Yeah, he got fired. So for him, I feel like he just wouldn't even think of that as being a factor for her. True. So Winona Ryder goes to ask her mom for a loan because, you know, she doesn't have any money to pay rent or for food or whatever. And so her mom won't give her a loan, but she's like, why don't you go try to work at Burgerama? I saw I saw a commercial and <laughs> I'm not going to say what she said, but... Oh yeah, Ugh. it's pretty bad. It's pretty cringy. Yeah, there I are mean, uh, yeah. there are Lots words. Uh, yeah, there are words used in this movie that we that we have retired. Yes. Uh, yeah. Namely, one that uh, is very similar to retired. Yeah. Yeah. More it's, syllables. Instead of "Let's get it started" by the Black Eyed Peas, uh, it was "Let's get, get this word." Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, so the mom says that there's, uh, in the in the ad, there was a, a retarded boy working <gasps> at Burgerama. Oh yeah. I know, I said it. There it is. Yeah. Okay. And so she's like... And we're then, just quoting the movie. Though. Yeah, we're quoting the movie. And then Winona Ryder says, but I'm not retarded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. <sighs> anyway, so she goes to apply to a job at the Burgerama, and David Spade is the manager there. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, listen, there's a lot of things going on here. You know, you got to, <laughs> yeah. there's things coming at you from every side. And listen, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. How much is this much and this much? And yeah. she can't do the math yeah. that quick. And she's, she keeps saying answers that are wrong. Yeah. yeah. And she does not get the Burgerama job. The, the, my she, favorite thing that he says is when um, there's a, another employee, like they're doing a oh, sort yeah. of walk and talk. There's another employee that's sort of just leaning against the wall. And he's like, you got time to lean. You got time to clean. Which, by the way, that's just something that I used to work at Red Robin. Oh, we're going to go to Red Robin this weekend. It's uh, you're going to go to the one. uh, Glendale. Okay. No, there's not. There's not one in Glendale. There's not one in anymore. Glendale. Where is it? No, oh. that one's gone. That one's gone. Ooh, well, yeah. we gotta we got some planning to do. Yeah, we need to find you, another. You'll Red have Robin. to go kind of like Magic Mountain territory oh, to wow. get a one. Jeez. I'm not driving there. Lauren's yeah. gonna drive. Oh, okay. But Shout out to Lauren. Come on the show. She already came on the show. I used to work at Red Robin, and that was like a thing that our boss would say: "You got time mm. to clean. You got time to clean." Yeah. Yeah. It's a real manager line. Yeah. Sure is. Actually, one of my favorite lines from this scene is is at the very end, because he's trying to you know he he gives her like a quick math quiz, and then um, <laughs> at the end of the scene he's like you know there's a reason I've been here for six months. 
So I don't think we ever really said where Ben Stiller worked. So he works at a network, uh, television network that's kind of like MTV but yeah. edgier. What edgier is it called? Somehow. It's called In Your Face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and so there's um, a segment where there's someone who's like doing. A, she's talking about like gangsta style, and so um, she's wearing a Donna Karen bandana. And um, it's red for Bloods and blue for Crips and only seventy five dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was that was fun. I mean, you know, everything about this this station is so so heightened, so comical. It's like this is MTV but worse. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah. I'm I MTV really like everything. Multiplied by Spike. Yeah. Times you know I don't know. Yeah. With it with a little sprinkle of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then uh, Winona Ryder goes through a kind of depression when she's, you know, she's unemployed and she's just like on the couch all the time and watching TV. And so there's a number, a 1-900 number, they say, yeah. for um, to a psychic. Yeah. And so she calls the psychic and the psychic is actually voiced by Ben Stiller's sister. Oh, oh that's a fun fact. Fun fact. IMDb. IMDb, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she racks up a $400 phone bill. Yeah. You basically see her, she starts off like explaining to the psychic her problems and then a little later you see her like telling the psychic like Mm -hmm. what she should do about her life yeah just pretty Uh, funny and on the phone the psychic is like i'm getting i'm getting an n i'm getting i'm i'm feeling an n and then winona ryder's character is like yeah he used to work at a newsstand (laughs) (laughs) yeah (sighs) And then she starts, oh yeah, and so then Janine uh, Garofalo tells her, like, oh, you've got this $400 phone bill, and mm-hmm. she just, like, hangs up on the psychic. <laughs> and her, her plan to deal with with that is she starts using her gas card to buy other people's gas at the gas station in exchange mm-hmm. for cash. Yeah. And then, so, pretty quickly, she comes up with $400. She goes up to, to them. She's like, I've got your money. And then she's like, oh, okay, now you need to pay for rent. Yeah. yeah. Pay rent, yeah. Yeah. And then I I guess shortly after that we find out that Troy is with someone. He comes in with Yeah. He, ha- he hasn't he hasn't been at the apartment for a while. Yeah, he just disappeared and she's like worried about him. Mhm. He's, he's Did we skip part though? What part did we skip? Where Ben Stiller's taking Winona Ryder out on a date. Or uh, it's cuz they're um doing the Cause, oh no, never mind. I think I Does just, that come later? I think maybe I just didn't take notes for like half an hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So what I have after the gas card is that if I, it turns out the Troy's with someone and then uh, him and uh, Winona Ryder have a big argument, basically. Yeah. Which is real tense. What, what he's been doing this whole time is he's been appearing in other films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Attracting other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's one scene, I just don't know where this falls chronologically, but I'm just going to talk about it, um, where uh, I think Ben Stiller is there to pick up Winona Ryder for a date, and then Ethan Hawke's kind of, like, being standoffish with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that, yeah. 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 I think this is just after we find out that uh, Jeanine Garofalo is worried about having HIV, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, a small arc about that. Like a documentary, a little documentary snippet. Yeah, but it turns out she doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. And but that was the scene where I felt like she was doing a lot of kind of pretty solid acting because they're sitting in this like yeah. little booth like at a restaurant, and 
she's basically like freaking out to her to Winona Ryder mm-hmm. about it and um yeah, I just thought it was like a pretty solid. Janine Garofalo is good in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um there's there's this nice little moment where they're at the clinic and she's um shoot she's filming um uh, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, with her camera and um yeah, she's ta- she's talking about how she's um going to get um tested. And it's just like this really nice thing where it like kind of hangs on her after she's done talking and um, you could just like tell that she's, you know, like super nervous about, you know, yeah, going definitely. in to get tested. It's, it's a nice acting moment. And the, and the nurse is like calling out her name like yeah, multiple and she times can't even, and she's yeah. like just not even taking it in. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like in this whole movie there was maybe like... 10 minutes dedicated to this arc not even yeah Yeah, like less than that like maybe five minutes dedicated to this arc but she like really works it yeah yeah Yeah, like all the scenes about it she does it really well i feel like maybe there's there's a lack of i don't know because i i just feel like anytime you throw in like something like that and to make it such a small part of the plot feels kind of like what are you doing it for you know if you if you're gonna have like an like a like HIV plot. I don't know. It just seems like that they made it kind of a throwaway thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was kind of off-putting to me, but but the way she, she the how she works with it, like she does a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what it does do though is like if, in terms of the documentary that she's making, if it's supposed to be like you know about a snippet of like just this there this group representing like young people in this particular time like the the fear of hiv would have been real it's and, true yeah like you know yeah it, it would have made sense in the context of the documentary at the very least it's true yeah even if they didn't get into it as much in the in the movie that we watched right as we would have liked yeah yeah do we really see janine uh <laughs> do we really see vicky like like sexually active in the movie though yeah she has at the beginning so at the um there's like kind of these like short scenes just to kind of give you an idea of like all of their day-to-day lives and so it starts off with this guy um her segment starts off with this guy he's picking up his shirt and he's like leaving and she's pretending to be asleep Mm. um when he leaves so they don't have to like talk that's right and so then she opens up this notebook and she has a list of like it's like maybe 60 guys and then like their names oh, and the yeah. dates that she slept with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So oh. she keeps like a record. So yeah. we get to see how many guys that she's been with. So in that one scene, um, Ben Stiller says to Ethan Hawke, hey, what's your glitch? Yeah, I wrote that down too. <laughs> what is your glitch? Oh, yeah. Let's bring that back. Yeah, that's, that, that was so good. good. Yeah. yeah. It's glitch? yeah, and it was a lot like you know Heather's, which I which I mentioned is like a similar you know kind of period. I mean, not exactly, but it feels related, you know, just emotionally. Heather's in this movie. Um, they always say, "What's your damage?" Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, one. yeah. What's your glitches in who one? No, I've never heard that. Yeah, I haven't it's either. Like, Anything I was like, my glitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he goes on about how. He's like, Benster's like, yeah, like, is there like a secret handshake to be friends with you or whatever? He's like, I know I'm not cool like you, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, there's no secret handshake. There is an IQ requirement. Oof. Yeah, that was like, brutal. Oh, God. 
This guy, he thinks he's like too good for everyone yeah. in every no. way. Drives me nuts. Yeah. But this is a great uh this is a great scene between those two. Yeah. Yeah. Really well, good. and then when a writer comes out and she looks beautiful. Yeah. I'm just gonna say her dress is like this like light pink kind of like sheer with a with a um, you know, like lining underneath it and it's very nice. And then and uh, Troy says yeah, he's You're just wearing an a doily or something. Yeah. It looks like a doily. Yeah. And Ben Stiller tries to say that she looks really nice. Yeah. And again, and Ben then, Stiller yeah. is, is, is nice. He's the guy. <sighs> go for him. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, oh, I'm going to go change. And then she's like, oh, but we should just go. And, and Troy and, is just being a jerk. And Ben Stiller says, you don't need this. Have we talked about what they're about to go out for? Yeah, so they're going out because um, Winona Ryder sold her footage to In Your Face. Yeah, and he did that because she was kind of self-conscious about it. And he basically kind of did that without telling her. Mm -hmm. And he calls her. He's like, oh, don't freak out. But like, I showed them your footage and they really liked it. And they're going to make it into a thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay. And um, I don't know. Okay, one more thing about that scene where she's like getting dressed. I feel... I think that I, I kind of think it shows like that they're both slightly controlling of her, mm. but oh, in yeah. different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we like see they this. Both, f- they're both pulling her to be what they think she is. Yeah, and she's just kind of caught in the middle. Like she doesn't even know really what she is. She's trying this dress on, and I, I just feel like that that scene serves as a really good kind of metaphor for like finding yourself basically yeah and yeah. she puts on this dress and she's like oh this is maybe this is who i can be or whatever yeah, and she's Troy's trying like, oh, you can't out. be that and then he's like oh you can be that and and they both of them don't know her and she right. doesn't really know her and they're both trying to control who she is basically and i i feel like i feel like there is a missed i i don't mean to skip ahead but i feel like there is a missed opportunity in this movie because yeah, that's a great point. It, it really does seem like they're both trying to control her and and make her who they think she is. Yeah. And I feel like the missed opportunity here is that she does end up with one of them by the end of the movie. Right. And mm-hmm. it really feels like she shouldn't. Like, it really feels like they um, both don't deserve her by the yeah, end of it. Yeah. I mean maybe Ben Stiller's character, but <laughs> he's yeah. so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until the very end when you see that he does something that's kind of not thoughtful and a little bit mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the very, very end. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well can we talk about a little bit about like what in your face does with her her yes. footage? Yeah. So they go to the they basically go to this premiere of her documentary neither mm-hmm. ben stiller nor her have seen it and they're all kind of gathered around and he like gives a little speech he's like oh we're very excited to present this to you and they stand back and watch it and it's... they basically just watch in horrors yeah like, i would describe it as like sensational trash mm-hmm. but it really appealed to me i had a <laughs> i had a great time watching it yeah. it was totally the kind of show i would watch yeah and i think that the way I mean, that you're... they you're yeah. getting a lot of the important like mm-hmm. snippets, I guess you could say, yeah. from the footage that she shot. Yeah, but, you know, you're mixing in some, you know, some Pizza Hut mm-hmm. branding. You know, you're making it fun. Yeah, yeah. I think the way they cut it makes it, you know, 
I don't know. And just, they'd made it an appeal. They did make it an appealing show. It's just not what she had in mind, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think it was necessarily bad. And I kind of feel like the thesis of this movie is that what they did something bad. Right. But I don't. I don't think that it was bad. I think that they only watch the first few minutes of the show. Like, who knows what else they do with it yeah i mean that could have just been the opening yeah, yeah. and like I mean, the they could have just it's... taken out the dinosaur whatever it was that... yeah well yeah and later when so she she storms out after seeing uh what they've done with her footage um and one of the ways that uh ben stiller's character tries to get her back is by saying i'll, I'll look i'll have them uh what it, yeah, does I think he say it was like a dinosaur was it or the something. dinosaur or the pizza? I can't um, remember. Yeah, I can't remember. It's like I'll have them take out the pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the line <laughs> about like um, where it cuts off at the end of her valedictorian speech, and yeah, then they the say, "Oh yeah, 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 the meaning of life is pizza." pizza. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which was mean, funny. Yeah, it was, come on. Yeah, just watch the rest of the episode and see yeah. what they do with it. Yeah, you know? I don't know, or use that money that you get to make something else yeah artsy you know i don't know yeah i mean it's a lot of people that are like really um stubborn like kind of like indignant about like authenticity i would say it's like her and troy both are very like believe so much in authenticity and are unwilling to budge yeah yeah and yeah and and troy is on the same page with her with all that stuff but he he doesn't do anything in this movie to like try to help her career in that. Yeah. Because yeah. after they run off, he basically, Ben Stiller is basically like, he, well, I guess this is maybe a little later on, but he ends up like getting them tickets to go to New York. Yeah. So they can take her movie to And like try to do something do else. Something yeah. Yeah. Try yeah. to do something, which, oh my God. It's an insane amount of effort for someone to go through. Amazing. Yeah. Pick the wrong guy. <laughs> Not to spoil it. Um, but after she's like really mad at Ben Stiller because of Michael, his name is Michael. We Michael. never said Michael. Yes. We never did. That's yeah. true. So Ben Stiller slash Michael, she's so upset with him and about that whole experience that she goes home and, um, doesn't she get really drunk or something today? Or was she just like really upset? I don't remember. Well, anyway, so Ethan Hawke is there, even though he hasn't really been there for a while. Um, and... Uh, she's upset and he says this other line that I see on the internet all the time. He says, honey, all you have to be at the age of 23 is yourself. (laughs) Which, I mean, he's not wrong, but... He's not wrong. (laughs) Also, like, it's it's amazing to me that that Troy could make so many (laughs) mistakes through this movie and still end up with her, and yet Mike... Mm-hmm. makes one mistake which by the way isn't even his mistake yeah yeah because he said he hadn't seen the movie yeah he yeah. Sh- i mean he should have but he yeah, didn't he should have, yeah. but yeah and yet that is that is like the big thing that separates her from, from but i mean it, like it came from a good place he was trying to do something to help yeah. her. yeah like all troy does is put her down basically <sighs> mm-hmm. um, um and so but to that comment that ethan hawk made she says I don't know who that is anymore. And he says, um, (laughs) 
I do. We love her. I love her. She breaks my heart again and again, but I love her. And it's like, slap this guy. You know what? And if that was delivered by any other character, Mm -hmm. that would be... uh, That'd be a great line. Yeah, like but if I it like, was her and Janine Garofalo, like she's like breaking down on the kitchen yeah. floor and Janine Garofalo sits down with yeah. her. Let's, we're yeah. just like rewriting this movie. Yeah, because yeah. that is, and it's that about is a sisterhood. I like. Yeah. And if she said that, I'd be like, oh man, that's good. You know, women supporting women. Not yeah. the maxi pad. The maxi pad, yeah. yeah. I think if that movie was made today, they would probably make that, that yeah. tweak. Oh yeah, definitely. And it would and it would be about... It would be like, um, what's that? Some Something great? Is that what? What was that movie with um, Jane the Virgin and Brittany Snow? <laughs> We're in it. Okay. It just came out. Um, anyway, it came out on Netflix about a month ago, but it was mm. good. And it was like she breaks up with her boyfriend who's played by Lakeith Stanfield. And then it's just about her and her girls, like, you know, mm-hmm. nice figuring out their New York turning 30 life. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I feel like if, if you've got... Uh, if you've got a movie about, um, uh, you know, characters who are kind of like trying to figure out who they are, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right anymore, at least anymore, that the answer would be by the end of the movie, I'll oh, just be with this person. Yeah. yeah. It feels like you've got some other, you know, growth to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what this movie really did, though, and I think that what we're kind of. Mm, like maybe what the disconnect is is that like it's this cool like gen x setting like the characters are like cool and young and like we're kind of really projecting that on them but Mm -hmm. it is still a romantic comedy essentially yeah Yeah. so and it came out around the same time as like you've got mail and sleepless in seattle this is like a romantic comedy from that same time and so it's really it's really doing that but it has the costume of Gen X on it, I right. think. Yeah, but I mean, it only starts doing that near the end. Yeah. Like, basically, that scene we were just talking about where he says, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. That's when we kick into high gear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Romantic comedy but, mode. Yeah, by the end of the movie, we, we finally get to, like, like, a half-hour stretch of just a bunch of characters running to do something yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah like we have you know well again i don't i don't want to skip ahead too much but no, that's okay we're, got, pretty, we're pretty close to the end now yeah uh where where did we where did we leave off oh okay so they have sex we didn't say that they have sex right yeah they have sex and <laughs> and troy does a lot of face touching yeah <laughs> also Just, like his, as if he's as, as if he's molding her as they're making love i also like that their hair is a similar length that's something about that i just Uh, i liked that visually because they both have like the kind of short but long hair in the front yeah that like gets in their faces while they're you know by the way as long as we're talking about appearances Mm -hmm. uh uh i just the whole like um only buttoning up like one or two buttons oh yeah he does that a lot yeah he has like a white t-shirt underneath a short sleeve button but it's not even just him this is a 90s thing yeah i've seen this in like are you afraid of the dark that is like the first thing that comes to my head for some reason but like like dudes in the 90s (laughs) just did that yeah is that it's so weird i don't know i think we had to be there yeah (laughs) it's just like a weird fashion trend yeah yeah but 
I feel like you tried to do that one time with that uh, purple shirt you have. And then you undid it. <laughs> you, you did it one time. <laughs> purple shirt. Oh, you know, that one you got from the hipsters that live down the street. Oh. Buttoning the top? Yeah, you did that. And then you, it was a joke, though. But you were like... I button the top. and the, yeah. Well, because it's missing buttons. So yeah. I have to do something with it. Either, either I have to leave it open or I... I mean, leave it open with a shirt hunter or... <laughs> no, just no shirt. Yeah, that's my only option. Or just button it randomly. Because the buttons that are missing are in the middle. Yeah. So it's either just, you know, a little window. <laughs> it's, we remote. call it a keyhole. A keyhole, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I have a, um, a freckle right in the middle of, like, below my chest but above my stomach. And one time I tried on this dress and it had a keyhole exactly where my freckle was. And I was like, I can't have this dress. It's not for me. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, it happens. Well, you know who's not wearing a dress in this scene Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. She doesn't, I think, oh, she wears a dress sometimes. sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like one of those ones with the buttons down the middle. Yeah. And that pink dress I was talking about that I really liked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in this, in this sex scene, it's like all, it's like from the shoulders up. We don't see anything. Mm -hmm. We don't see anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Well, I'm sure there were some, oh, I don't know what this was rated. I'm going to look it up. Um, But I'm sure they probably had to make some compromises to make it like a PG-13 or something. Mm, Maybe. Should I do that again? I just had sex. It's pretty good. And it felt so good. Felt so good. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, yeah, I listened to the soundtrack to Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, just like it's music. Yeah, like regular. It's that so part good. where Seal dies, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a movie. That's a that's a movie I've only seen once, and I I would think. I would have seen it like a million times by now. It's yeah, it's yeah, very it's funny. really funny. Like things in my Jeep featuring Lincoln Park is a banger. <laughs> These are the things in my Jeep. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, they had sex. Oh, it was PG thirteen. I looked it up mm, okay. while we were on that uh, break. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna announce a lot that we had a break now. <laughs> I could have just edited it around it. No one would have ever known. Yeah. But now that people know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's next? Well, uh, he basically runs off on her in the morning. Mm-hmm. Says he has band practice. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like 8 a.m. And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. And then he tries to make it up to her. Oh, no. This is Ben Stiller at this point. Yeah, so Ben Stiller tries to make it up to her by taking them to... Calm Ben Stiller. What, am I, what can I do? It's fine. By taking them to New York to present her movie. And at this point, they are... Um, she has gone to the bar... Yes. ...where Troy is performing with his band. Yeah. Hey, that's my bike. Mm-hmm. And, yes, Ben Stiller shows up, tries to win her back with these plane tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, I'm I'm so sorry. I believe in your art too. I wanna take us to New York uh to repitch the show and we're gonna show the footage that the way you shot it, the way you cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um but and then, then Ethan Hawk and Ben Stiller have a tense moment together. 
and he try Ethan Hawke tries to get her back as well. Uh, they have like a by singing a very aggressive song. At yeah. Her. <laughs> well, first, yeah. well, first he tries to talk to her and be like, "Oh, I'll be with you, mm-hmm. or whatever." I was sorry, I freaked out, and then she kind of blows him off. I mean, reasonably so. Yeah. Well, can I just say the things that he said in that conversation? Sure, yeah, yeah, I'd like yeah. for I the, this whole like the last twenty minutes of the movie, I was just like fastidiously writing down everything that everyone said because mm-hmm. it was so good. He said, "You're the only woman that I could commit myself to." And then he says, I've never been in this situation. I've never had sex with someone I've loved before. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this, this baby. Yeah. That's, that's really it. Just a little baby. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, and, and then he punches a wall. Punches a wall. Yeah. yeah classic. Mm-hmm. And so she's like not down for it. And then he says they're about to do the song. And then he's like, this one's for you. He like says her name. Lainey. Lelena. Yeah. And sings this like insanely aggressive song. Uh, just give me a kiss, give me yeah, a kiss, yeah, or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah. And then she leaves. She mm-hmm. runs out the bar. Yeah, and then yeah. they both run out after her. And they both, and so begins the running that yeah. I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Ben Stiller dishes his plane tickets. <laughs> it kind of seems like Ethan Hawke picked them up. Because oh, does he? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure because he goes to the airport. Okay, so Ben Stiller ditches the plane tickets. You see the name of the airline. It's like Continental or something like that. And then you see later on, like the next scene, Ethan Hawke is at the airport and he's at the same airline. Well, so I, but I he's, if... not, he's not flying to New York, though. He's oh, flying to true. Chicago. Oh, yeah. Maybe just some, some airline just product placement. Coincidence. Mm. Um, yeah. But we don't find out where Ethan Hawke is or why Ethan Hawke is going or we don't find out why Troy is going to Chicago until a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then she's just, Winona Ryder's just wondering where he is. And she's like, you just see her going through her day. And there's a scene where she's at the laundromat doing her laundry. And she finds one of his boxers. Because mm-hmm, he kept throwing in his yeah, laundry with it. They had a conversation earlier about how the her and um, Jean Garofalo were complaining about yeah. how he would always try to throw their, his laundry in with theirs and how annoying it was. And then they have the scene where she like looks at it kind of fondly and she's like, oh, it's endearing or whatever. And then he calls her, she picks up and he doesn't say anything. And then a little later he returns. Mm-hmm. She's, I guess she's going out She's, yeah, she's going to go try to find him in Chicago. She's, yeah. she's packing up all of her stuff. She's running. She took two shirts and threw them in a paper yeah. bag. <laughs> <laughs> she's running around her room. She's running down the stairs, running outside. But, and I mean, who could have seen this coming? I don't know anyone who's seen a movie, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but before she can even get in her car troy's back yeah troy's outside yeah and he's, he's wearing you know he's what he's wearing, wearing? Suit. he's wearing a suit yeah what he's an adult now yeah and she's like what's going on and he's, he's like, like my dad died my dad died and remember this this thing that we set up uh very briefly yeah like, yeah. like a, an hour ago <laughs> an yeah. hour ago that there's been no development on yeah because actually that was, I think the first, at the when they were having that dinner in the very beginning, I think that's when he mentions 
he he like makes some offhand remark about how his dad is like mm. sick and then yeah makes everyone uncomfortable so it was like almost very nearly the beginning of the movie is when yeah. that happens so yeah he mentions it there but he also mentions it in his one of his um Videos. one of his bites oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's wearing a suit. He's like, oh, my dad died. Uh, it made me, you know, take a look at everything. So he's, um, like I had mentioned before, it took his dad dying for him to become yeah. an adult. Um, yeah. But he says he has this great line, another great line, where he says, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, there's a planet of regret on my shoulders. Yeah, and then he says, like, I got this arcane glimpse of the universe. Yeah. Oh, man. He's literary as heck, this kid. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's and then they kiss. They, yeah, they kiss, they hug, <laughs> yeah, and, and then it cuts to plays. later. Presumably, they've bought a house together. Um, he's playing guitar on the couch, mm-hmm. uh, and then she gets a voicemail from her dad, uh, and he's yelling at her about, Oh, yeah, why do uh, I have a thousand dollar gas card right. bill? Yeah, yeah, and then, and then the, the very last scene is you see, uh, we the... get a mid credit scene. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's um, so like Ben Stiller has taken the concept that they bought basically from Lainey of yeah. of their lives and turned it into like a junky scripted television show it's for cr- In Your Face. It's so it's good. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's a nice Instead little of Troy. Uh, it's Roy. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really good. It's it, what it is. It's a. It's it's actually kind of a great um, like epilogue. Mm-hmm. for that character totally you know we don't we don't see him but we like know how that uh how that experience affected him and what he did with it mm-hmm. yeah i just kind of liked it i mean yeah so i like this movie yeah, yeah i liked this movie a lot I did you know? too. yeah I thought there's there's a lot to like poke fun at but i mean it's it's you know it's it's weird because like there's a lot of genuine like laughs in the movie, but at mm-hmm. the same time there's there's some things that haven't aged like super well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they make you groan a little bit, but I mean it's a it's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I I liked it. I think as far as it's definitely one of my favorite movies we've watched so far of Ethan Hawke. I'd say so. Yeah, I was pretty excited for this one. I think when I first heard of this movie, I thought it was a vampire movie. It's like some <laughs> bites. I don't know. It's like well, a realistic vampire movie. His name is have... reality. We do have a, a vampire movie coming up in like a year from now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Daybreakers. It's one of my favorite um, Ethan Hawke movies, actually. Nice. Yeah, it's junky as heck. I think that. I feel like maybe the idea is like that they're supposed, you know, there's like the romantic comedy element of it, of like they're supposed to be together or whatever. But I also kind of feel like maybe it's a little depressing. Like maybe it's intentionally depressing. Yeah. I don't know if it was written this way or if maybe that's just one way to read it. But it's kind of like this this almost um, destiny, but in a bad way. Like they're destined mm. to be together because that's all they have. Like mm. they can't really be... It's just like this is what happens. Like they but end they up are, together. But they are happy with each other at the end. I guess so, Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, they could have had a graduate type ending where they end up together, but they're kind of staring off. Mm -hmm. Like a what now? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean. I guess they're happy together. Yeah. He's just an asshole, though. Yeah. No, he's not great. I mean. Yeah. 
Well, what if they did a reality bites too, where they're like they're the divorced parents <laughs> of some, you know, like dysfunctional millennials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt resonant. Yeah, it definitely felt resonant. I mean, if uh, you know, if I, I, I would say one one way that you could fix this movie is like I would just go into the characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like especially the Steve Zahn character, you know, you you maybe open up that um, uh, HIV storyline like a little bit. I mean, you don't need to like dominate mm-hmm. yeah, the story yeah, it with be it, the story but, of it, but maybe a little more for for uh, for an issue that uh, was so prevalent at that time. I think it you know maybe did deserve a little bit more. But also the the other reason why they should have spent more time on these characters is like. Lainey is so concerned with how um, In Your Face TV has cut up her documentary, mm-hmm. um, alluding to the fact that she, um, you know, cares about, you know, spending more time with these people. But then the movie itself doesn't really spend enough time with those people. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, like uh, like a really good example is like if we had... If we had more of a journey with uh, uh, Steve Zahn's character, for example, maybe coming out to his parents, mm-hmm. but then we only see like a little bit of that footage used or something like that, then maybe that would have like you know resonated a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the clips that they use um, when they're showing the first few minutes of the in-your-face version, I mean, they're not like super they're not like super consequential. It's not like, I mean the most, like the deepest thing that they cut up is maybe her valedictorian speech, Mm -hmm. but you know, right. Yeah. It's not like they're using the really deep stuff and turning it into something else. They're taking like stuff that's pretty surface anyway and just making it. Yeah. Jazzed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a good point. Well, do we have a most Ethan Hawke line from this movie, or is it just the whole movie, the whole is, movie. is the most Ethan Hawke? I think that, that I got this arcane glimpse of the universe. Yeah. I yeah. feel like if he said it a different way, it could have been in any one of his movies. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. He could have said it I mean, first reformed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can imagine him, him saying that. <laughs> first um, reformed. Midnight, clear, yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe not training day. Explorers, but. maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. If you were just like looking like, up at the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, do we have time for a hawk fact? I think we should. I mean, we ought to do it. Yeah. But we are running at four thirty-seven <laughs> right now, so I don't this know. This is what like we the longest we've we... ever gone on this show. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do another do you want me to dump that card and then put it back in sure okay i mean it'd be nice to not have to rush yeah. it we right. just cut things out okay right. so just oh i should scoot back in oh, did you hear that sound the sound of me scooting Ca-caw. oh <laughs> do you want to do a hawk noise do your best hawk noise oh uh uh they don't sound like what we just did okay <laughs> 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 oh, that was That's pretty good. good. Yeah. That's I don't know. better than us. I don't know. It's... 
It's, like it's more of a screeching. It's like, I can't even do it. My throat can't do it. Uh, I, if, if I heard a, a, a hawk sound, I could probably. Yeah, we, we edited it in, but. Yeah. What you should do is you should cut in an actual uh, hawk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> when I go to do mine. Oh, when you do yours. <laughs> <laughs> be like, wow. It's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. So, um, this hawk fact comes courtesy of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So that's Cornell University, Mm -hmm. esteemed college. Uh, So since we're talking about people trying to find their way as young adults, I wanted to talk about um, uh, (laughs) immature hawks versus adult hawks. Okay. It literally says immature, so... (laughs) This is... You're uh, not just being mean about the I'm hawks. I'm not just being mean about these hawks. I'm not just <laughs> down on them. Uh, this is about the Cooper's hawk. And the adult uh, has an upright position with a long tail, bluish-gray upper parts with a contrasting black cap and a red eye. Underparts are pale with dense reddish bearing. Bill is fairly small and strongly hooked. So that's the adult. And then the immature is upright position with long tail, similar. Immatures have brown underparts that contrast with white underparts that have strong brown streaking. Note the yellow eye. So those are some identifiable uh, ways that you would identify the difference between... Interesting. You usually get the white parts as you get older. (laughs) Guess so. Is there Um, uh, any behavioral differences? Like uh, the old ones say, you know, when I was your age... (laughs) They have it was easier for a hawk to find a job. I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with um, like identifying them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and one's immature and one's yeah older. They fly slightly differently, mm. which is kind of interesting. The adult. Oh no! I pushed a button. <laughs> uh, we're digital natives, clearly. <laughs> the adult in flight shows relatively short, rounded wings and a long, rounded tail with thick bands. Note that its head projects well beyond its wings. The immature in flight shows relatively short... Okay, this sounds the same. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it helps to like read this shit before you go on air. <laughs> but there you go. So there's some identifying features of immature versus adult Cooper's hawks. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And they they mentioned, uh, a, what was the part about the cap? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, contrasting black cap on the adults. Oh, black caps. And, and there were uh, caps in Reality Bites because these are recent graduates. Right. Uh, wow. Connective tissue. Yeah. Damn. You're really bringing you it back together. Once you're, once you're an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are silently the, stealing uh, Chips Ahoy Chewy cookies. Yeah, for the listeners at home, Jonathan just took a Chips Ahoy Chewy cookie and um, to minimize the noise, he put the whole thing in his mouth. And we were just watching. And instead he'll choke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
need to take a break so that he doesn't choke to death on air. Um. <laughs> All right, I'm back. This is good stuff. I've, just, yeah. I've left it recording the whole time. That's so fine. That's just going to be part of the podcast. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So there's my hack fact. Good call. Um, do you want to do some reviews? Yeah, let's talk reviews. Um, so. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse. I went to our usual suspects, Roger Ebert, the New York Times. Mm. What's um, the Ebes got to say? Well, he only gave it two stars, which I thought was interesting wow. because what? he, <clears throat> what was another movie that we watched where he was just like way too nice about it? Maybe Dad or, yeah. Was it, oh, White Fang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gave like three, maybe three and a half to White Fang. It was like weirdly he high did, and did, it was because. He did give like a weirdly curmudgeonly reason. He was basically like. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's an wholesome to all the con- violence of other movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was basically, yeah, giving it a higher rating for wholesome content. Yeah. But two stars for reality bites. That feels low. I do not Roger that. Mm-mm. That's <laughs> something you can use if you disagree with Roger Ebert in yeah. future episodes oh, thank we you will. we will yeah i do not roger that um oh yeah he's he's pretty down on the performances he says the performances are all just fine <laughs> wow uh i wish they'd been at the service of another movie uh, hawk captures all the right notes as the boorish troy um and it's so convincingly and is so convincing it is worth noting that he has played quite different characters equally well in movies as different as alive and dead poet society writer has her character nailed down but is denied the really great scenes that would have resulted if anyone had called her on her lousy documentary <laughs> wow you know what though he's kind of onto kind something of, i there. think he's onto something yeah no I <laughs> yeah agree. this is something we talked about recently i don't yeah, remember you mentioned it just the other day yeah, yeah. but it wasn't about reality no, bites it was, it was about something else it was about Tales of the City. Tales of the City, yeah. Okay, so like basically... Because she was making a documentary too, right? Yeah, in Tales of the City, so Zosha Mamet's character in the new series, she's making a documentary about like the end of queer culture and like the commodification of queer spaces in San Francisco. And so one issue that I have with a lot of like movies and shows, <laughs> media content, is when someone is like creating something and it's supposed to be like the greatest documentary you've ever seen or like the best song you've ever heard and i think um and i think rent is a really good example of this where both like the documentary that mark makes and the song that roger writes by the end of it they do actually show and like play those things and they're not that good yeah (laughs) you know so like if they had just not shown it then we can just fill it in with our imagination like oh it must have been like you know this giant anthem or like this really gritty you know gets to the truth documentary but instead because they show it like it just doesn't really connect or it doesn't really make sense Yeah. yeah And so, and you mentioned Studio 60 as well. That was one of the big yes. problems with it. Yeah, Studio 60 is a good <clears throat> example of that because, like, you know, Matt Alby um, is supposed, Matthew Perry's character is supposed to be the funniest sketch comedy writer of all time, and the sketches in that show aren't really that funny. Yeah, yeah. the because it's funny because you're watching 30 Rock and there was a reference to that. Yeah, they're doing a walk and talk. Oh yeah, because Aaron Sorkin was in the episode yeah, of 30 Rock we were watching. With, he's walking with his lemon, and, and then he's naming all the things he's done, and she's like. Studio 60? He's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so, in that case, like, 
I mean, the show that they're making on 30 Rock at least seems like funny enough. Yeah, yeah, on 30 Rock, and on 30 Rock, kind of the joke is that they only show these really bad sketches. Yeah. Like, yeah. That they're self-aware. They make yeah. fun of the show itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not supposed to be... It's not even supposed that, to be that good, and yeah, that's kind of yeah. why Jack is always telling her, like, you need to be ready to move on to something else. Yes. Right. Um, well, and that's why, I mean, the uh, where we start in the first season is that the show is, like, going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we just got to the part where it goes on hiatus. So. Yeah, they're on forced hiatus forced because hiatus. Tracy says he's in Africa, but really he's like holed up in <laughs> Liz's apartment yeah. without her knowing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then this is kind of like some uh, similar to something we talked about. Um, Roger Ebert says the Stiller character is also denied his big moment, telling Leilana uh, that her video was crap and his people in New York turned it into an A plus Shinola. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I did, yeah. I did actually think that what they did with it was good. It was like more watchable, probably than, yeah, you know, her just kind of aimless, you know, documentary that she was making. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was the point of what she was making? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the podcast. There was, wasn't like it's a... actually kind of sort of related. Is that the podcast i was listening to because this so this interview with ethan hawk and he's talking about richard linklater and he was saying that there's so many people that were like inspired by richard linklater to make because you know his whole thing is like this sort of just people's just following regular people's mm-hmm. lives and stuff and he was saying that there's so many people that followed in those footsteps to just make such like trashy things like <laughs> things that are not very good or interesting yeah and i think this is kind of a similar thing where it's like this is it's supposed to feel inspired but you look at it it's like doesn't seem actually that interesting yeah but i think that like roger ebert kind of is not seeing that the point of the movie is maybe that like these kids have it wrong you know or Mm -hmm. that like they're they're just figuring it out and like that you know i don't know Mm -hmm. but maybe we needed maybe that's why we needed more of Ben Stiller in the movie or just someone who like I don't know snapped these these kids like out of their reality being like you know you don't really know like I don't know Mm -hmm. you don't really know what you're doing yeah well um in the New York Times There was a review by Karen James, who's someone we've never heard from before. Um, And she was uh, she was more positive about the movie. And she kind of takes like a like a looser uh, view of it. And she's she says, like the generation it presents so appealingly, it doesn't see any point in getting all bent out of shape and over ambitious. (laughs) But it knows how to hang out and have a great time. So like she's just along for the ride, enjoying the you know, the performances and the movie and the romance. Um, she's here for it. So Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's what I got in the way of reviews. I have one more review from Rolling Stone, but it looks long, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, do we have any? oh let me see if I have any IMDB trivia. <laughs> Oh, uh, the screenwriter, Helen uh, Childress, 
she was 19 when she wrote this movie and she was going to usc and um she uh she wrote 70 drafts of this movie and that's what we ended up seeing was the very last one yeah it took her like that was over the course of like two years that's a lot but that's like for 70 drafts of something that's yeah yeah Oh, also, Diet Coke was specifically written into the movie because she, like, lived off of Diet Coke, the screenwriter. <laughs> As all great writers do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, president also, drinks Diet Coke. Hmm? This current president <laughs> basically just drinks, like, seven or eight Diet Cokes a day. Hmm. Yeah. I um I used to be big on Diet Coke. I try not to do it so much anymore, but I had um when I first moved into college, like my <laughs> my parents like set me up with like a certain amount of like cans of Diet Coke. And so I had like a lot, like just boxes of Diet Coke. And so then my roommates and I made built a pyramid of Diet Coke <sighs> that over the course of the year I just like drank my way through it. It was pretty gross. When I was younger I used to drink I mean, I would never drink water. Like, I would just drink Sprite. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite drink. Yeah. And I would have it, like, before bed. Yeah. I slept with a Diet Coke bottle in my bed in high school, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, like, eat ice cream in bed. Nice. <laughs> that was the life. Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, I think that's all I have for facts. Yeah. Is that all we have for everything? I think that's, I mean, we've, we've gone, we've, we've, yeah, we've it's gone been for a while. A long, uh, long episode, sesh. But yeah. I feel like we've covered, covered a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. anything we got to plug or whatever? Yeah. So let's do, um, I'll, I'll start so that you know how we do this. Um, right. You can follow me on Instagram at Harping About. Um, and something that I'm enjoying right now that doesn't relate to Ethan Hawk is um oh the new mark ronson album came out today Mm -hmm. it was pretty good again like his first one i don't feel like it totally works as a whole album but Mm -hmm. i think i liked most of the songs a lot so yeah yep i think that's the that's the producer album problem yeah is that it sometimes feels like a resume rather than an album yeah yeah but i like i mean i like it anyway it's also hard to um you know like make oh i don't know if it's i guess it's hard to make a good album but i feel like like great albums aren't as um common these days yeah Mm. people are very single focused yeah um where can we follow you and do you have anything to plug (laughs) uh you so you could follow me on twitter i'm chris fela uh c-h-r-i-s S is in Sam, V is in Victor, E H L A. I'm also on Instagram. I think I mentioned that earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. You can follow me, Chris Board. Um, I um, have a podcast that I don't do anymore, but if you want to listen to it, and I, oh, I'm still paying to host it <laughs> for some reason, I just haven't got around to shutting that down. But if you listen to it, it's called Poop Pals. Uh, my uh, co-host uh, Ryan Pig and I. Ryan Pig will be on the podcast. He will in a later episode. Mm-hmm. But we um, watch um, and recap all of the um, filmed uh, entertainment from the Winnie the Pooh universe. Oh, wow. wow! So we start with um, 
the um, three short films that were then combined to make The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved on from there to um, the Disney Channel live action series that not a lot of people know about. I mean, I didn't know about it, but they did a live action version of Winnie the Pooh where they had people dress up in costume. Wow. And it's pretty, <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely made for like kids and mm-hmm. preschoolers. Like it's very um, just that. Um, and it's really, um, it's really tough because we, um, you know, tried to watch it all chronologically, but there's really no, because it was like a, like a, I think it was like a daily show that they, they just put it out every day, mm-hmm. kind of like a, like a Pokemon or something like that. It's very hard to like find an episode guide for it. Mm-hmm. And you really just have to kind of find them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So there's no really good way to like watch them in order or anything. So uh, we just watch them sporadically. But that's kind of where we left off because <laughs> there's a lot of. Um, um, did I say what the name of it's called? Welcome to Pooh Corner. Wow. Um, there's a lot of Welcome to, to Pooh Corner. And so anyway, but uh, listen to it if you like it. Let me know. Maybe we'll start recording it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, definitely going to listen to it. That. Yeah. That's all I got. That's fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, fun. It was so fun. Um, do you have... Uh, oh, what are you enjoying that's not related to Ethan Oh, um, uh, there's a lot. Um, I'm enjoying The Terror right now on AMC. I just started oh, watching the first season of that. Mm-hmm. Well, not fun, but... <laughs> not fun. No, not a, not a fun experience Looks for the characters, though. but it is good. And then I'm watching... Um, Maniac on Netflix came out last year. Oh, I, f- I just finished that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it, man, it is like, God, it's so good. It's like right up my alley. Yeah, it was, it was very, very enjoyable to watch. I just wa- I, I'm two episodes in right now. Oh, okay. Um, Got a long way to go. It's good. And then I binged When They See Us, which was very oh, good. Oh, yeah, I want to watch that. Central Park 5. Yeah. Um, Watching Good Omens, which is pretty decent. I watched that. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Um, what else? I'm watching a lot of television. Mm-hmm. Nice. Jonathan, where can the people find you? The people can find me uh, in court <laughs> on oh. the case, uh, the U.S. versus Oasis. <laughs> oh. And also um, on Instagram at John Zavaletto. J-O-N. J-O-N, Zavaleta, Z-A-V-A-L-E-T-A, where I post maybe every two months. Cool. And uh, (laughs) I've been enjoying the new Hot Chip album that Mm. just came out. Me too. Oh, I've been meaning to listen to that. I think the last episode, I might have mentioned that I was enjoying the single that they put (laughs) out, and now they've put out the album. So there you go. We've come full circle. You really Uh, have. Yeah. So that's it. You can follow the show everywhere, basically, <laughs> on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we do it all here. And um, you should subscribe to our podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to listen to us somewhere where we are not currently listed, just email us at hawkeyespod at gmail.com or DM us or tweet at us. Do whatever you want. And what, is, um, what is our handle for our socials? Hawkeye's Pod. We're at Hawkeye's Pod everywhere. 
Um, With one E between Hawk yes, and Eyes. Yes, one E is shared between Hawk and Eyes. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you could go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review our podcast, that's truly the best way for us to get bumped up in the indexes of yes. all of the search vehicles. Um, yeah, also tell a friend. If you know a friend who likes Ethan Hawke or who likes movies or just listening to people talk, <laughs> um, tell your friends. Hawkeyes. Um, yeah. Kaka. Oh, what are we oh. doing next week? Should I say what we're doing next week? Sure. <laughs> oh, maybe next week's our weird episode. Oh, no. I think it is, actually. Oh. Well, you just have to tune yeah, in to find out what that's going to be. Yeah, tune in next week to find out what we're talking about. It might be a weird one, or it could be a normal episode. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.